I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Formula for Success. I'm David Colfard and alongside me, virtually again, is Eddie Jordan. Ah, DC, hang on one second. Yeah, still got it. I'm here. I'm with you all the way here, David. (laughs) You've been a busy boy. You've been sending little video clips of you performing on stage. You've been gigging like mad. And now, tell me, have you been raising money for charity or have you been putting that in your back pocket? Uh, actually, my back pocket, remember what there's a great Irish saying, MMTT, uh, and I don't want to sound foolish by saying this, but we all have, one way or another, more money than time. Even you, DC, I know you like to plead poverty. I'm telling you, you've got a lot more money than you let on. So, uh, MMTT, more money than time, folks. DC, what on earth is going on? Just when we think we were going to go to the beach and relax and sort of take take the sun into the consideration, or in your case, I don't know what you're doing in Monaco, I saw you with a lovely picture of feeding a baby. My God, Richard Adidas' baby in your arms with a bottle. Are you yeah. trying to tell us something here, DC? What is the story? I used to do, I, I merely said uh, to Richard and Ali that um, I used to do feeds and nappy changing when Dayton was a wee baby. And uh, to prove the point, I did a little bottle feed and a beautiful little baby. They always smell amazing. So um, that was uh, a lot of fun. DC, we've got lots and lots to talk about because of all the weeks, it's been absolutely hectic. It's kicked off with Lewis, of course, and the Mercedes thing. And uh, more recently is the situation your friend, great friend, and mine also, Christian Horner. I'm just wondering what on earth is going to happen. And I'm sure we've got to tackle it because it's in the media, it's out there, and we have to just see and talk about where we are. Where do you think we are? Well, look, let's do this first of all then. Let's just read the Red Bull statement because this is the only factual information that we have on this story. So the Red Bull statement is, uh, after being made aware of certain recent allegations, the company launched an independent investigation. This process, which is already underway, is being carried out by an external specialist barrister. The company takes these matters extremely seriously and the investigation will be completed as soon as practically possible. It would not be appropriate to comment further at this time. Christian Horner has also said that um, he completely denies these allegations. So I I think for now, that's where we stand. Um, I've seen all sorts of overreaction on social media, you know, people calling for Christian to resign and for him to be suspended and all of these sorts of things. But as always, uh, everybody deserves uh, their moment to be able to explain their position. I believe that will be happening on Friday in Christian's case. And uh, I don't know about the other party involved. So maybe by next week, we'll have some clarity on that particular situation. Any comments, EJ? Well, 
uh, endorse what you've just said, and that's the basic rules, isn't it? Uh, um, until proven guilty, the case is absolutely uh, sub judice. So having said that, they do have to have, and I'm sure you will agree, David, they do have to have finality on this one way or another by next week because um, it would be absolutely very hard to see with a car launch if Christian was there and there was no answer and all of these situations, I mean, every podcast is different. So there's all sorts of allegations going on out there. As you rightly say, people jumping on the bandwagon, coming up with their theory, which is conspiracy theory or call it what you like. I just much tell people, though, nevertheless, it is a Red Bull head office story. It's not a Red Bull racing story. So you can see why the barrister has been appointed because HR in that group and that company and what the brand stands for and how they deliver their product uh, is hugely important. There needs to be an answer by this time next week or within, you know, middle of next week prior to the launch. I do not think that, that Christian could be at the launch of the car, um, bearing in mind what it, the, the launch is for, which is to show off the car, show off Red Bull in its glory and for the future hopes for the 24 season, if there was not an answer from the barrister. So I think he's under pressure. He needs to find a solution. If you say this Friday is, uh, we're told that the meeting is with regard to um, finding a further solution with, with, with Christian. And I think things will happen then and we'll know more fully this time next week. Yeah, okay. Right, well, let's move on from that. The other huge news is... Unbelievable. Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. I never imagined. It's not unbelievable. Don't be silly, David, even by your own standards. Last September, you asked me, what about the rumours of Lewis going to Ferrari? And what did we say? We both agreed. So why are we now suddenly, four or five months later, all perturbed and saying, oh my God, oh my God, look what's happened. We told yeah, everybody in why. September. No, you it? did. You had the confidence. I Look, of course he's talking. Every, I don't want to be the team. only spy here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got your contacts within Ferrari. But I, look, yes, he would always be talking to every team. It helps you understand the market. You always gain a bit of intelligence in terms of what they're bringing on stream with their engines and that. So it, it's all part of gathering that intelligence. So... I just never imagined he would effectively, even on good terms, break that winning relationship and that's been going since he was 12 years old with Mercedes. But that said, it's, it's I think, very exciting for Formula One. It, it will give a huge impetus to um, Ferrari when it comes to, you know, maybe uh, bringing engineers and, and, and people that really understand that they're getting an unbelievable driver. But... I have to have to say, I think he will find one of his biggest challenges in Charles Leclerc. Charles is a young, brilliantly fast race driver. Yes, he doesn't have the world championships and the experience of Lewis, but I think he's a champion in weight. So that may way, may well be where Lewis finds this his greatest challenge. Okay, so um, I'm just going to address that particular one because that's taken me by surprise what you've just said there. So indirectly, what you're saying is Charles Leclerc, in your mind, is a quicker, more competent, more all-rounded driver than George Hamilton. Uh, or George Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Sorry, George Russell. Um, George Hamilton is a DJ, just so happens to be a friend, so that's why I've got his name on my mind. Sorry about that, yeah. folks. Of course it's George Russell. But is that what you're saying? Are you saying that Charles is quicker than George? I think Charles is one of the quickest single lap drivers I out there. I asked you a question, David. It's a yes or no answer. Well, I don't factually have 
knowledge because I haven't seen them both in the same car, EJ. But okay. I, I think that, let, here's the thing then, let me put this forward. I think Mika Hakkinen was one of the fastest guys over a single lap, okay? And I would suggest that even faster over a single lap than Michael. I can't prove that because they never were in the same car together. Sure. Where Michael was exceptional was he could do whatever qualifying lap he'd just done, he could do that 60 times. So I think that's where, you know, and these are opinions and everyone will have their own opinion. But I think that um, Charles is a stunning qualifier. I think Lewis is an amazing racing driver, but at 40... I don't see him getting quicker over a single lap. Uh, and by that time, Charles will be, you know, at his prime. Okay, we're all big friends of Toto's and we see him regularly in Monaco and Susie, his wife, similarly. So I have it on good authority, and this is the exact words of the phone call. Toto rang up Bono. For those people who don't know, Bono is, um, is Lewis's uh, race engineer and has been incredibly close to Lewis for a very long time. And he rang him up last weekend when this news broke, uh, or before it came out, because obviously they had breakfast together, Lewis and Toto, and that's where it came out. So very quickly, Toto rang up Bono, and he said, told him the story. And I'd, I'd like you to listen to what the reply from Bono was. He said, Toto, pinch yourself, man. This is not the 1st of April. This is not April Fool's Day. Um, So they were all in total disbelief. And I'm trying to figure out, look, we've all been in Formula 1 a very long time, and you and I both know that nothing is forever in Formula 1, and anything that you think is forever will never be because it'll get changed. And it's a very long time in Formula 1, a long week or two weeks, or in this case, um, a couple of minutes you know, Lewis made a decision whenever, and I do believe he's been talking to Ferrari on and off, like you said. Do you think Toto took his eye off the ball and just assumed something either through arrogance or just belief or whatever it is? Do you think he took his eye off the ball or should have been more on the case here? I don't think so. I think that Toto is an incredible operator. If you look at his growth sure. through motorsport, through you know his relationship uh, with uh, you know HWA, the German Touring Car Championship, and then into Williams, and then into Mercedes, I, I think his eye is on many balls. But even if you are a great manager, and in his case, a owner and team principal, you can't stop somebody leaving if they want to leave. And there's uh, a loophole uh, has been created by them doing the one plus one. I assume that Lewis was able to trigger releasing or not taking up the option for him to continue once he felt comfortable that Ferrari were offering him something magical for the future. You know, this is his retirement plan. He is going to end his career at Ferrari. So this is about legacy. It's about trying to win a world championship with him. He can win a world championship at the eighth with Mercedes this year if they deliver him a race car. So he could go to Ferrari as an eight-time champion and then try and add to that with them. So... I've said this before, you know, Formula One, and I'm sure it's in other sports, you you sign these marriage papers, you know, a contract, and it's a beautiful thing. But on the same day you sign the marriage paper, you've got the divorce papers prepared because you will not spend a lifetime with the team. Oh, DC, I love you. you. But it's the the reality. You you might do eight, nine, ten years with a team or even longer in the case of Lewis with his relationship with Mercedes, but it was always a case of when, you know, if it didn't suit him, or and it has to be said the other way, if Mercedes felt he wasn't performing for whatever reason, do you think they'd keep him in there because of his name? 
Not a chance. The stopwatch doesn't lie. You need pace. It's out there now. Lewis will be with Ferrari in 2025. And yeah, I think that has really stimulated the market. What it really stimulated was the stock market. Ferrari's share price shot up. So um, they've got whatever they're paying him over the period in short term uh, gains. They've probably covered that. Um, But what do you see the impact? So positive for Ferrari. What do you think for Mercedes? Do you think this could be an unraveling? Uh, of engineers and people that really feel wedded to the fact that Lewis was there. And also, what do you think on driver replacement? Do you go with with a young guy or, you know, Toto's got relationships with Mick Schumacher, he's got relationships with... Um, Ocon, Ocon, he manages. Esteban Ocon, possibly others. You know, who is the person to stick in that car? I have to say in the short term, I would look at Vettel. Because we know these cars are not as difficult to drive as they, in your day and my day when you needed a neck the size of a, a, a wine barrel. Um, I mean, it's just ridiculous. The cars are not as difficult. And that's why you have the longevity. That's why you have uh, Alonso being able to continue. And that's why you have the much older drivers. And I think it's a very sad day. It's the first time in the history of Formula One there has not been a rookie in the championship. I am absolutely appalled by that. But anyway, let's keep to the story. And that is that I think Vettel has to be in the frame because of the German contact. And we know what happened with Michael before. He left Ferrari. Where did he go to? Back to Mercedes. So that's a possibility. You've also talked about Alcon there. I happen to like Albon, and that could be a possibility, but I do see him as possibly a replacement down the road, a replacement for Perez in some years to come. Um, So that's basically where it is. Do I see, let's be honest, George Russell has won one Grand Prix. And do I think he can be a world champion next year or the year after? I just think that Lewis had too much on him. And when Lewis didn't have quite the car that he wanted to have at the beginning of the year, George was able to drive around that. Lewis didn't bother because, not that he didn't bother, but he just didn't feel that the car was good enough to be able to do the job. So George outdrove him. But nevertheless, as the season progressed, Lewis got his mojo together and he made us all look up and say, hmm, Maybe Lewis still has it. And I think because of the change in fortune, that's why he went to Ferrari. But however, um, if it was me and the way Formula One is progressing, I would look at Vettel. I think it's a good choice. And it makes sense for Mercedes, German driver in the car. I think Toto is under a bit of pressure with Mercedes as to why, for example, we weren't aware of this before up against car launch time. It's disturbing. Um, It's probably distressing to the team and for our promotions. I mean, they now have to look at all of the advertising that they were planning to do over a long long time. Are you going to put advertising out there for, for Lewis Hamilton when you know he's leaving the team? It changes the whole, you know, the whole scenery of the whole situation, David. I have to say it's a big surprise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Well, look, I, knowing Mercedes, uh, as I do, I would suspect that they will do, they'll, they'll change tack in their advertising and it'll be very much about celebrating Lewis, his achievements over yeah. period that he's been with Mercedes engine power through McLaren, through his time driving a Mercedes Mercedes. And it will be a sort of reminder celebration of what they've achieved together. So that's what I would expect their their marketing to be. Vettel, I did an event with him at Nürburgring last year where we drove a couple of the old Red Bulls, the V8s. And he was very much of the conversation that he's not closed to racing again, yeah, and that he, he, you know, he he still felt in a way there was unfinished business for him in Formula One. And I get where you're coming from, but if I was Mercedes, I would take Alonso over Vettel. He's race fit, he understands the engine, the power units because of the Aston Martin, and he's still gladiatorial and got the bit between his teeth. And yes, uh, maybe Seb was just struggling a little bit with uh, the development of, of the Aston when he was there, but he wasn't sort of putting manners on uh, Lance Stroll in the way that uh, we've seen from Fernando Alonso. Sure. So I, I, if I could get Fernando, I'd take him. Then, yes, I think Vettel could be, could be a good experienced option. It would certainly be a good marketing story as well, providing he doesn't get his doors blown off by George. I think George is fantastically fast, so it, it wouldn't be easy for, for Seb. Um, and the other thing is uh, they, they take somebody relatively young, inexperienced, you know, Antonini or someone like that, and just see, just see whether the guy is like Max when he came in at 17, 18 and was blindingly fast straight away. Yes, a bit inexperienced, but that comes with time and there would be less expectation on them to perform. So there's a number of different areas they can they can go, but if they put a big name in the car and they're still not winning uh, in, in 26, uh, sorry, 25, then, you know, that's, that's a difficult one. It's not going to end well, is it? No, sure. But... Um just to touch on the Max situation, you know, Max came in at 17, but then a lot of these drivers, which is something that we can talk about in the future, about the Andretti thing coming on, we can do that much later on or maybe in another program. But, you know, remember that, you know, Vettel won in Toro Rosso, a championship, and Max was at Toro. So they all, if you like, um, they were... Uh, bred up and brought up by other teams before they went into the main team. Mercedes don't have that, and I'm just trying to figure out why don't they have that. I thought the idea of supplying engines, for example, to Aston Martin or to various other people at Williams and that, that it would be a kind of a feeder program, but it just hasn't worked out like that. And um, I'm, I'm slightly concerned. I'm now at a, a situation where how can Mercedes give the best support to George because in the right hands with the right situation, George can and will be a contender for the world championship. And that's a big big statement as far as many concerned because there's a lot of great drivers around there. But I think George is of the age. He's learned enough now from Lewis. 
He's now the number one or will be the number one in that team. And I think they will put a massive push behind him. Don't be surprised to see George up there on a very regular basis and in the mix for a championship, perhaps. Yeah, well, I hope so. I think he's brilliant. So it'd be great to to see him getting consistent results. A couple of quick ones, EJ. Uh, Carlos Sainz. It's a weird one when you go into a season knowing that you're no longer going to be with the team. I've experienced that myself at the end of my McLaren contract. I was there for nine seasons, but um, through the eighth season, in fairness to to Ron Dennis and Martin Whitmarsh, they told me that they uh, wouldn't be extending beyond the, the ninth season. So it gave me a good season and a half to, to work on where I was going to go. As it happens, when I walked out of the paddock at the end of uh, 2004, Four, was that right? 2003, sorry. Uh, I, I didn't have a contract with any team uh, because I decided I wasn't going to sign for Jaguar. And then Jaguar became Red Bull and then that started that four-season four journey. But um, do you think he'll look at the long game and look to Sauber, which will become Audi? His father has links with Audi. Or do you think he's a short-term uh, solution at Mercedes? So when I say short-term, um, he, he may end up you know, being able to match George and the two of them form a great partnership. What's your thoughts? I mean, it's a pretty disturbing situation, as you say, to be told that you're going to be replaced at the end of the year. I have to remember that he came through the baby formula. He became through Toro Rosso. He's yet another great example of a rookie in there getting his first if you like, first blood there. So, um, he and, and Kenny, I would say the natural progression for him is to replace Perez if that's the situation. But nevertheless, I don't know how long that would last for because I think Albon has to be a contender, certainly for 26. So, yes, it's a difficult time for Carlos Sainz, incredibly difficult time. So if Vettel wasn't available for sure, Sainz would be next up in that group, um, despite the fact that he's not managed by Toto. And sometimes that's confusing. When you're bringing in a driver who you manage as well as like that, mm, there's a conflict, whatever anyone wants to say, there's a conflict of interest there. Um, it's a nice conflict. It's great for Toto because he cops it on both sides of the, uh, of the deal. Um, but at the same time, um, is it the best interest for Mercedes? I don't know. I'm sure he knows a million times more than I do about that. Uh, Carlos Sainz would be a great option uh, alongside Vettel. So I don't think they're in any great danger. And I do believe, nevertheless, that George needs a steady hand on the other car, somebody that he can talk to and discuss with as to how to make the car better. And I think George absolutely gained massively from his time at Williams to when you see what he was able to do at Mercedes. And I have to give Lewis some of that credit. Yeah. No, Lewis is is an incredible race driver. But the fact is, he'll be 40 by the time he joins Ferrari. So Mansell won the World Championship at 40. I don't see that personally being being a barrier to him having continued success. We see where Fernando Alonso is at 42. Um, Do you think it will be considered... A, a sort of failure, if you like, that if he does a couple of years, three years, whatever he does at Ferrari and he doesn't get away with a championship, he's he's for sure going to win a race, at least at some point. Uh, of that, I have no doubt. Listen, we must never, ever forget that speed is something that you have. It's very hard to invent it. And it's a bit like the stopwatch. It never lies. And I think once it's like 
cream always goes to the top. I think Lewis is cream. I think he will always be at the top of his game because his head and his belief in himself is so strong that if he's not able to do it, he'll he'll go. Um, having said that, my concern, and I'm going to ask you when we finish with Lewis, uh, I want to know who's you going to bring with him because he's not stupid. He has Mark Hines back with him, which is a great asset because I think Mark is an amazing manager and is back now with Lewis, and that shouldn't be forgotten. Um, we love Mark anyway. Yeah, great guy. Having said that, I think that uh, Lewis will bring two or three people. What do I think? Bono and Loic, um Lois Server, um, the chief performance engineer. And please remember, Loic was the guy who complained to Toto to say that the design that they had at the beginning of last year was completely wrong and it was a mistake and please, can you please put together. He was the performance director and he made sure that the designers rechanged the car to make it into the success that it was at the end. So there's obviously a bond between those guys. So why would I be surprised other than the fact that they're all going to go together. That's my view. And I think there's probably, maybe he might take a, a race engineer or, you know, somebody else or, or, or a chief designer. Who knows who he might take? But I think he will look carefully at the way Michael Schumacher did the deal. He won at Ferrari. And he won because he had people around him. He had Todd, he had Ross Braun, he had Rory Byrne. And he's not stupid, Lewis, far from it. And his father is so astute that he will make sure that he brings to Ferrari and to Maranello his own team. And that will be, if you like, the highlight of his season. He will make sure that those people are in place. Yeah, well, look, when I went to McLaren from Williams, uh, David Brown, who was my race engineer uh, for a period at Williams, came with me. So I completely get it. You know, you, you build a relationship and you want to be with them. And let's be honest, if uh, there'll be a, a number, even if Bono and, and the others have got family and kids and school and all that sort of thing, with international schools nowadays, getting living in different countries can be a great education for, for your, your family as well. So there'll be a number that can be, that will be a tipping point where it doesn't make sense not to go. So I don't doubt that uh, you're, what you're predicting, there'll be a number of people go with Lewis. Uh, and I also absolutely agree. I think this is an inspired piece of forward business thinking. And the more Lewis makes these big decisions, the more impressive it is, actually. I've always been super impressed with him as a race driver. Of course, he's the most successful guy in, in nearly every statistic, apart from, of course, um, equaling with the seven titles with uh, Schumacher. But I don't doubt he's still got that eighth in him. So, right. Well, EJ, I think we'll keep it short and sharp this week. So thank you for listening to Formula for Success. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to them. And if you'd like to support the podcast further, please share it with others and leave us a rating and review. But do remember, EJ is uh, a little bit sensitive. So go easy if you're being critical of him. Uh, we very much appreciate you being with us and you can follow us on social media with the handle at F1 for Success. EJ, thanks again. Uh, short and sharp this week. I uh, look forward to catching up with you you're again You're such next a legend, week. DC. A legend. I love being here. <laughs> but you love being in South Africa. Rawr! Oh, Jesus. We've just lost some listeners with that growl. <laughs>